turn uh, either in your Bible uh, or in your handout that's going to be there. All of the scriptures are in your handout. For those of you at home, it'll come up on the screen. But you may want to get your Bible or device because in a little bit I'm going to read a, a little longer passage of scripture. Uh, we're going we're to go really in today. I'm going to read eight verses, so I hope you can handle that. Have y'all, did you eat breakfast today? Because I'm reading eight in a row. Are y'all good? Okay, just making sure. Turn to Nehemiah chapter 8. So in your heels handout, it will be there. Those of you that are at home, I'm reading today from the New Living Translation. But let me set it up before we read that. So don't read it yet. I want to set it up. I want to make sure you have the context of this passage of Scripture. Israel had been under Babylonian rule for 70 years. And then the Persians defeated the Babylonians And God moved on the Persian king to allow Israel to return back home. Okay, you got it? They were under Babylonian rule for 70 years. The Persians defeated the Babylonians. And God moved upon the king of Persia, not the king of Israel, the king of Persia, to allow the people of Israel to go back home. Well, so much for God not being able to use an ungodly ruler, right? So those of you that think that God can't use somebody that's not godly, you're wrong. God can use anybody he wants to. God one time used a donkey to speak, all right? There you go. So you don't say anything to your neighbor right now. That would not be the time to do that. God moved on this Persian king to allow Israel to go back home. And you can read the story in Ezra and also in Nehemiah because both of them were involved in this, in this uh, them going back home. They get there, and they rebuild the temple, and they rebuild the wall. They do this with a lot of opposition, though. There's some great stories in Ezra and Nehemiah where they had to sometimes build with one hand and have a sword in the other hand. There were times that they would have to have someone stand in the gap and, and stand there because the gates weren't finished yet. That's where you get that, that phrase. You ever heard someone say, stand in the gap for me? That means pray for me. That's what he had. To, they had to put someone there because the gates weren't finished yet. They had to stand in the gap. A lot of stories there. But I found this in my life that anytime I'm doing something for God, I always have opposition. Have you found that? You ever notice that if you're not doing anything for God, nobody messes with you that much. But when you start saying, I'm going to make a commitment to do something for God, for his kingdom, all hell breaks loose. Amen? And that's why some people stop because they think, well, if I'm doing it for God, then everything just should be easy. No, you're always going to face opposition when you're doing something for the kingdom. Well, finally, the temple is done. The wall is complete. And they get together for a giant party. Everyone comes together, and they come to hear Ezra read from the book of the law. That's where we pick up Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 2. And Ezra the priest brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included the men and women and all the children old old enough to understand. He faced the square just outside the water gate. Can you imagine people gathering outside to hear someone preach the word of God? Isn't that a crazy thing? Just don't understand it. From early morning until noon, he read aloud to everyone who could understand, and all the people listened closely to the book of the law. Listen to that. He read from early morning until noon. Come on, folks. I may not preach good, but I don't preach long, right? Verse 4, Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform that had been made for the occasion. To his right stood some guys. And to his left stood some other guys. You can, you can read about them later. Ezra stood on the platform 
in full view of all the people. And when they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen, Amen, as they lifted their hands. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, watch this now, don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is sacred before the Lord your God. Why were they saying that? Because the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Verse 10, and Nehemiah continued, go, celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share the gifts of food with the people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected. Don't be sad. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. How many have ever heard that statement before? Raise your hand if you ever heard someone say, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm looking. Do I have? Most everybody has heard that. You know what I found is that is one of the most in, misinterpreted passages in the Bible. Because what we say to people is, God's going to give you joy, and that is what's going to strengthen you. Well, I want to reread this passage in context. You know, Scripture taken out of context can cause a whole bunch of trouble. Do you know that? Remember what we just said. The people were weeping when they heard the word read. Remember I said that? The people were weeping when they heard the word read. And Nehemiah said to them, stop crying. This is not a day for mourning. I want you to go. I want you to eat. I want you to drink. I want you to have a party. Don't be dejected for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Or in other words, are you looking at me? In other words, the Lord gets joy when you are strengthened. Do you get it? God gets joy when you and I are strengthened. In other words, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is when you are blessed. The joy of the Lord is when you are healed. The joy of the Lord is when you are set free. God gets joy from strengthening you. Come on, how does that make you feel today? Four people, that's great. You remember the scripture when Jesus says, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom? It's like a, a father or a, 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 a parent wanting to give that child a gift. How, come on, parents, look at me. Are you like me? You cannot buy too far ahead for your kids. Like, if I, if I buy too far ahead for Christmas, I'm giving it to them. Just done. They're just going to have it. And then I'll go buy them something else for Christmas. I just can't do it. Our birthday, I can't buy it up. Don't even tell me the sales are wrong because I don't care. Because if I buy it, I'm giving it to them right then. Happy October, Evan. Here you go, buddy. This is yours. I just can't do it. That's exactly how our father is. It is his good pleasure. It's, he's, he's like, this is, I cannot wait to give you the kingdom. I just, I just need you to mature a little bit, and then I'm going to give it to you. But I can't wait. He's excited about it. He gets joy when you and I are strengthened. Maybe you were raised in a religion where you thought God was looking at you waiting for you to mess up. Nod your head. And he's going to get you. No. 
He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to step into something so he can bless you. This is not in your scriptures because I, I, it's, it's, it's funny because a pastor friend of mine, he, he texts me uh, every Sunday morning, and he'll text me a, a scripture that he's praying about me. He's a, he's a gentleman that I look to as a mentor, and he sent me this scripture. Write it down in your notes, Second Chronicles, Chronicles 16 and 9. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to them. So he's not looking around seeing who's messing up. He's looking for those that are committed to him so he can strengthen them. One translation says so he can strongly support them. That's the kind of father that you and I have. You ever seen the painting of the laughing Jesus? How many ever seen that painting? I want, I want somebody to buy it for me. I've been looking for it. I, I, want, I want a picture of Jesus just laughing. It's the most beautiful picture I've seen. Don't you love that? Don't you like to think about him that way? When I picture Jesus, I picture him as a laughing Jesus, a happy Jesus, and excited. You know, the disciples had to run kids away from him. Did you know that? The kids would run to him, and the disciples were like, no, get away from him. He said, let them babies come to me. Have you ever seen kids run to somebody that was mean and angry? No. They ran to him because they loved being around him. Zephaniah 317. It's in your notes there. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will delight with you. He will delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all of your fears. Watch this. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. In other words, your father sings over you. That's my baby right there. Come on, angels, come look at this. That's my children. That's the apple of my eye. Look at that one right there. I cannot wait to bless him. I cannot wait to heal her. That's what he's doing. He rejoices. He sings over us. That word rejoice means to spin around in a violent emotion. In other words, God doesn't just sing over you. He dances over you. I found out the hard way that he doesn't twerk over you. I did find that out. I don't know if y'all were, how many were with me on that Sunday that I said that. I, I read that scripture and I said, in other words, Jesus twerks over you. And I walked off stage and Casey Millison just showed me a video of what twerking was. And I had to come back the next Sunday and go, yeah, Jesus doesn't twerk over us, okay? He just doesn't do it. But he does dance. He celebrates you. He loves you. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you. You give him joy. Tell him, you give him joy. Last scripture, Romans 8 and 31. Look at me, Romans 8 and 30. I only said to say one thing. I didn't say like start a conversation, okay? Romans, Romans 8, 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Look at me. I wish I could take every one of your face in my hands. Those of you at home, I wish I could just look you right in the eye and you could hear me. So just pretend I am. Listen, I'm about to tell you. This is going to help you this week. God is for you. God is for you. He's not against you. He's not angry at you. He is for you. Does he want you to live a good, godly, holy life? Yes, but he wants to help you do that. You're not in it by yourself. He wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit so that he can help you live a good, godly, holy life. I wish you would receive that the way I just said it today. Amen.
Look, I know it's been an exhausting season. And I know you're tired. I know I'm tired. I don't think we've worked, we've never worked more than we have this season. We've all had to learn. It's been a stretching season. Uh, I know we've learned to do more as a staff than we ever thought possible. It's, it's been an anxious and a de- depressing season. And so here's what we feel as a staff. It's time to party. It's time to have a party. It's time to celebrate. This building is about to be open, and we are just going to celebrate. We're going to have a blast. We're going to have so much fun. And here's what we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate what we talked about last week. We're going to celebrate where we've been. We're going to celebrate where we are, and we're going to celebrate where we're going. Let me take a few moments, and I want to talk to you about some people that I love. The only way that we have gotten where we are is because there were folks that loved God's house and they were willing to give, and they were willing to serve. Folks that were with us before the hills, and I'm going to call some names, and I'm going to miss some of them, and I'm going to miss some of you, but I just a few people that just were highlighted to me. Jeremy and Jill Jean, and Jody and Shannon Hines. They were with us before the hills ever started, and now Jeremy and Jill are on pastoral staff in Shreveport, Louisiana, at one of my, one of my favorite uh, churches, the Briggs there at at River Park, and we love you, Jeremy and Jill, and Jody and Shannon, thank you. How about those that have been with us from day one, Carol and Gwen, right there, Carol and Gwen, from day one, and Gwen told me, I'm not coming to your church, that's what she told me, when I invited her, she said, I'm not coming to your church, and I said, why not, Gwen, is it because I'm white, and she said, no, she said, because I have a love affair with my bed on Sunday mornings, (laughs) But she and Carol showed up, and they have served anywhere we've asked them to. And then Beth and Sally, just any place we just needed you guys have just, you've done it. And then there's some folks that helped us at the Knoll Center. And some of them are not with us any longer, like John Laster, who would show up every Sunday morning. And he would set up, and he would sweat. And he told me one day, he said, Pastor John, he said, I've never been a part of a church that didn't set up and tear down. And he was setting up and tearing down with us. And then they moved further south. And guess what? He's at a church now where he's setting up and tearing down. John, you never learned your lesson, buddy. we got a building now. Come on. What about Brittany Thompson who watched our babies? So faithful. What about Shua Haley? Shua would get off the bus. The tour bus would come in, and we'd see that bus pull into the parking lot. And he would, he'd been all night out on the road, and he would come off that bus with his suitcases and walk right in and start setting up and tearing down. What about Janelle Carr, who's with us now, who vacuumed the building, would show up and vacuum the building and bring breakfast to the setup team? What about Randy Rudder? Randy Rudder took care of all, takes care of all of our outdoor signage, picking up used diapers in the parking lot. Heavy lifting with guys half his age. What about Zach McCann and Tom Struther? Who in a moment's notice literally brought us into the, to online church when we couldn't have actual church. Made a way for us to worship together when we needed it the most. What about John Haggard who served with the biggest smile. He attends online faithfully. We miss you, John, so much. What about Jackson Buchanan who is a utility player, baby? And literally never says no. And I've got these names came from our staff. What about Ashley Potts, who took an indoor host and turned them into outdoor host? From dog treats to handouts, all done safe with masks and gloves. 
What about Patrick? Where's Patrick? My big, he's inside there, Patrick, who lived right there. And at our first service, heard the music, and he and his brother came over, and Patrick has not stopped serving, making meals for people. What about Miller Ann Marinick, who just shows up and just serves and smiles? And, and I'm just so proud of you. I am, as a pastor, I'm just proud of you. And then we have someone today that we especially want to honor. I want Kayla uh, Rogers and Grayson to make their way up here, would you? Kayla Rogers and Grayson. Let me tell you about Kayla as she comes. She and Grayson have served from the beginning. Now, don't look at her. Look at me. I want you to hear me. I'm, I'm, you're going to see her in just a minute, all right? When Casey Millison got her foster boys, Kayla took care of the wish list by herself for all the needs. She was diagnosed with cancer a little over a year ago, and she never stopped serving. We prayed with her, we prayed for her, and she said this, I just want this to be a testimony to my family while I'm fighting cancer. And then she took on more serving and more leading while battling cancer. She and Grayson give generously, and they always have. And now not only is she cancer-free, but as you can tell, she is expecting a miracle baby. And yesterday, I was honored to attend the, the pinning ceremony as she was named Chief Petty Officer Kayla Rogers. Come on, y'all. Is that amazing? And we also have something for you. Uh, our staff went and picked it up, so we're going to give you uh, a gift card to Escape Salon for a prenatal massage. We're just going to love on you just a little bit. Come on, y'all. Would you just give Grayson and Kayla a great big hand? Ron, I want you to come join me for just a moment. Hey, she's also a lawyer. That, oh, yeah. She's an that's, underachiever. That's the one bad thing. <laughs> Come on. Ron, I want you to talk for just to help me talk about Sunday night. We're coming up. Uh, Sunday night, we're going to have a party. I told you we're going to party. When I tell you, it is going to be a party. We're going to have some food. Talk about this for just a moment before I pray over us. Yeah. It, um, so where's Camila? Camila, come out here so you can see Jared. Step out there. Step out there, Jared. Both of you. Take your mask off. Both of you. Both of you. Come on, guys. Take your mask off. Hey, if you guys want to know how we do stuff around here, there she is. And there's her assistant, Jared. Um, so when Camila was planning this party, she brought a budget to us, and John and I both said, no double that. So we went to 100. No, I'm kidding. Um, we're protecting your money. Anyway, uh, so we are going to have a blast next week. You don't want to miss this, but you can't come if you haven't gone to info at thehillsnashville.com and signed up to be a server. So, so listen, this is part little bit of training next week, but mainly all party. We're going to have the football game on. We're not going to show any commercials because we don't know what the NFL is going to do at halftime. So we're going to show our own commercials. Jared produces all those videos. Who has seen the video from this week? <laughs> if you're not following us on socials, you need to see need what to, Jared yeah. has produced this week. It's incredible. Right, so we're starting at 4.30. 4.30. You want me to move on? No, no, I'm just... 4.30. Yeah. At 4.45, we're going to do a quick training if, on, your, on whatever team you've been drafted on. That's, this is where all the draft thing will come into focus for you. And then we're going to do another one at 5.15. The game starts at 
So here's the deal. If you want to come at 4.30 and be here for that training and then go home or go watch the, watch the Super Bowl, you can do it. Or you can stay as long as you want. You don't, you're not going to miss it, though. The food is going to be incredible. We're going to be having some, uh, some competitions between the teams. Yep. You're going to have some games going on. Halftime. So we'll do three different trainings. There'll be one at 4.45. 5.15. fifteen, And then we'll do one during halftime as well. So we want you to be there. If you're serving on a team, be here Sunday night. If you're not serving on a team, right now go to the info at thehillsnashville.com and just put, I want to serve. I want to serve. We, got, I, we probably got 70 of them, 50 or 70 of them this week. I love People that. People just signing up. So. It's a part of our church. Everything we do around here is loving, giving, and living. And we believe that giving is not just your money, but also your energy and your time. And I can tell you this. I said it last week. The people that are living in more abundance are the people who are serving. It, it just does something. Just like giving breaks off greed, serving breaks off selfishness. And that's why God has put it in our life. So I'm excited about it. Sunday night, Sunday night, 4.30. 4.30. How many plan on being here? Raise your hand. Awesome. Awesome. Those of you online, make sure you're joining us as well. Let me pray over you today. Come on, aren't you excited that God's excited about you? Does that help you today? I hope it helps you on Wednesday when you're having a rough day and you don't feel like a child of God. I hope you remember this moment where God said to you, you give me joy. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for this day. I thank you for this message and how it is going to impact us. I believe it's going to change lives. I know it helped me when I understood how much joy I give you when I'm blessed. And I thank you, Lord, that is when we, when we walk in obedience, that that is what opens up blessing in our life. I pray right now for those, God, that have been battling and they've been struggling. They've, it's been a rough season for them, that you would just give them strength right now, that you would give them peace, give them joy. I pray, God, you would open up doors that no man can shut and shut doors that no man can open in their life. We thank you for these things. In Jesus' name. If you receive that, just say amen. Let me give you an opportunity today for those of you that want to step into a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never started a relationship with him because you thought you weren't good enough or he was always going to be mad at you. I hope today that changed your mind. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord, or maybe you have, but it's been a while and it's stale and it's stagnant and you just don't feel close to him. Maybe today you want to recommit your life to him. It's a very simple thing. All you have to do is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. And the scripture says you shall be saved. And the Bible tells us that every time a sinner repents, that all of heaven rejoices. God gets joy when people come to him. So Gabriel, get the horn ready. Guys, get the confetti ready. I don't know if you have confetti in heaven. But I want you to get ready because some folks are about to make Jesus the Lord of their life. Why don't you repeat this prayer after me? Hills family, let's join with them. Say, Lord Jesus, today is your day. I give it to you and I give my life to you. Forgive me for doing things my own way. Today I'm going your way. I pray that you would forgive me of all my sins. That you would cover me with your grace. Come on, say it. Fill me with your spirit. Because I want to live an overcoming, everlasting, and abundant life with you, starting right here, right now. In Jesus' 
name. Come on, Hills family. Let's celebrate with heaven. Come on, honk your horns. Clap your hands for these folks that just prayed that prayer today. Come on. Amen.